Bible says that when we're weak, he is strong. My problem is I don't like being weak. And that's oftentimes why he can't be strong in my life. Because I refuse to be weakened. You know, the Bible says he resisteth the proud. And I don't think any of us would just raise our hand and say, I think I'm a proud person. Uh, but the Bible says he gives grace to the humble. And how I need grace often. I think we all need grace often. I think our country needs grace right now. Uh, and yet in order to be a recipient of grace, we have to be humble then. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want grace that bad. But I'm thankful today God allows things to come into our life that we don't enjoy to get us into a position to be better recipients of His grace. Thank you, Miss Katie, for that. Great message and song. And glad to have her back from Africa. We don't mind loaning her out to a different continent every once in a while, but we like having her back when she's here. And it's always good to have other folks jumping in and serving the Lord through their, their skills and abilities God's given them music. Let's take our Bibles out this morning. Turn to the book of Psalms, if we could. Psalms chapter 118. Psalms 118, when you find it, let's go ahead and stand and look down, if we will, to verse number, um, verse 22. As you're turning there, let me say thank you to everybody who came out Friday night, had an exciting time at our annual Fall Fest, and a little different feel this year with our, uh, with our we kind of called it a county fair uh, theme, kind of an old-fashioned type of a theme there with our games, and I want to thank everybody who had a booth and put something together and uh, served food, brought food, cooked food, always have a lot of food because we're Baptists, and that's always nice to have, and appreciate the help we had putting up the circus tent. I told my class this morning, they said, why is the, somebody asked me, why is the tent still up? I said, because it was too hard to get up, and we're going to enjoy it for a little while. Even if we're not going to use it again, we're just going to look at it from the parking lot because, let me tell you, it was a lot harder than the instruction said it was going to be. Uh, we had every secondary student at Central Baptist School out there literally clinging to poles. I mean, we had some of our girls out there who were probably 75 pounds soaking wet, holding on to a tent pole because the first time we did it just with the men, it fell down. And we thought, hey, when all else fails, get a woman in there to help you. And so we got them in there and... Uh, my goodness, Brother Bo almost lost his life up there on a scissor lift. The mast of that thing was huge, and I'm thankful it's still there today because I was kind of worried about that. And as we were getting all of our guys working on it, I said, this is why you go to college right here, so you don't have to do something like this for the rest of your life. But thank you to everybody who came by. Thank you for everybody who took a turn dunking the pastor in the dunking booth. And uh, some of you enjoyed that a little too much, uh, but I do appreciate it. We had this deal. Uh, it was one free throw. Uh, or a dollar every throw afterward. Uh, and then if you just wanted to knock me down with your hand, it was $10. We, we thought that was a joke. Nobody's going to take Yes, absolutely they did. <laughs> I was dunked by some of the nicest people in this room. My favorite was probably Miss Lynn, who dunked me with her walking stick. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, begin to wonder a little bit. I hope everybody got that aggression out of their system on Friday night. Miss Cassidy got me twice. Uh, twice uh, dunked by a girl. So uh, I tell you, went home a little waterlogged. Well, we had a good time. Appreciate everybody participating in that. And look forward to next year. Let's look down if we could. Psalms chapter 118, pick in verse 22. Pick up in verse 22. The Bible says, The stone which the builders refuse has become the headstone of the corner. Aren't you glad? Verse 23, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Now I want you to look to a very familiar verse in verse 24. We're going to preach out of this today. Uh, as we read it, you'll probably begin singing it in your head. The Bible says, This is the day which the Lord hath made. 
we will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. It's a great spirit, Lord, we have to be in your house today. Thank you, Lord, for the smiles on people's faces. Lord, I know that uh, sometimes there may be difficulty and adversity in our lives, but I'm thankful that, Lord, you're the health of our countenance, not our circumstances. Pray that you'd help us today, Father. You know the needs of our heart. You know the need of every family, every individual here today. And Father, I pray that through the preaching of your word, that, Lord, you'd speak in a way and far beyond what I can do, Lord, with just my mouth. I pray your spirit, Lord, would send its word to bring about change in our life today. I pray that, Lord, somebody that's lost today would see their need to be saved and come to the invitation time and receive Christ, have their name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I pray for the saved today. Challenge us through this one verse today. Father, I pray we leave here with a greater burden than we came here about being who you've called us to be in the time you've given us. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. June the 1st, 1980, uh, the media mogul Ted Turner uh, created something everybody said would not fly, and it's something we're very familiar with in the 2023 era, and that's the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, he began that by starting up what we know as CNN. Uh, a lot of people doubted whether or not there would be a market for a 24-hour news cycle. I mean, who wants to watch the news for 24 hours? Why would you need to have a news cycle for 24 hours? And everybody doubted him and had little enthusiasm that it would last very long. And yet that would go on to redefine news broadcasts. Now we have multiple 24-hour news cycles. You can go on and watch CNN or Fox or uh, even if you have the stomach for it, I guess Al Jazeera even has a 24-hour news cycle that is there. And really back in 1980, so the year that I was born, 43 years ago, he began setting the tone for what we have today, this nonstop news cycle. And now you look at 2023 and all that's going on in our world, uh, we almost realize we could not get in all the news that we have going on in our world without a 24-hour news cycle. I think about just this last week, I made some notes of big events just last week. Last week, we elected a new Speaker of the House after a long and drawn-out process. Last week, there was the mass shooting up in the Northeast that blanketed news coverage for several days. There's obviously the war in Israel that is just getting wall-to-wall coverage right now as everybody watches and waits for the next step that Israel is about to take in Gaza and, uh, and all the, the things that are going on there. Uh, now we have nationwide protests uh, pro and uh, against uh, Israel there, uh, pro-Palestinian protests all over college campuses here uh, in the United States, pro-Israel uh, protests on, uh, on the national stage. We also have the World Series right now. We have the United Auto Workers strike that's going on. And then in the midst of all of that, we have the presidential primary candidates squaring off, some bowing out of the contests that are going on. There's just so much going on in our world right now, it's hard to fit it all in a 24-hour news cycle. Now, could I just encourage you, I don't think any of us need a 24-hour news cycle. All right, catch the headlines, read them as best you can, be informed of what's going on in the world, but try not to be glued to that box that is there because after a while, with all that's going on in our world, you'll get what is known as paralysis by analysis. Have you ever had that? So many things going on, so much information out there, you kind of get paralyzed in the present because of what's going on. Now, here's what I want you to think about this morning. Aside from what is going on in our world right now, there are things that are on our mind outside of the realm of what is present. 
So we see what's going on in our world, what's going on in Israel, and what's going up in Washington with the economy, and all of these things. That's what's going on in our present. And then aside from that, it's impossible not to be overwhelmed by thoughts of what needs to be done in the future. Uh, now, if you don't think about the future, you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? Uh, so I do think you need to think about what's going on uh, in the future. We, we have to go to work tomorrow, right? Yes, if somebody's got to go to work, somebody's got to keep America going, and we appreciate you being willing to do that, all right? So you got to go to work. Kids have school. There's lunches to pack. I mean, there's homework to make sure is in the backpack. The husband, the wife have things to do. Marriages has to be attended to. Bills have to be paid. Relationships have to be nurtured, and problems have to be solved. Are you overwhelmed yet? All right, so we got a lot going on in the present. We've got a lot that needs to happen in the future, and then let's add one more thing to the wagon just to see how far we can carry this. Not only are things happening in our present and things need to happen in our future, it's impossible to not think about things that have happened in our past. I mean, we've all made mistakes, we've all had problems, we've all had grief and pain, we've all had hurts in our lives, we've had good days as well, but there's been bad days and there's been better days. To be honest with you this morning, all of us came here with a little bit of a mix of all of those things on our mind. Could, I agree, could we agree with that this morning? We have the burdens of the present, we have the burdens of the future, and we also have some of the burdens of the past. We all have the weight of those things on our mind this morning. But I'm going to ask you to do something in the message today. Before I ever get into the message, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you in an Old West term to check that at the door. Everybody know what that term means? to check that at the door. In the Old West, I didn't get to grow up in the Old West. I think I would have enjoyed that. Now, I'm not a cowboy today, but I think I would have enjoyed being a cowboy back then, all right? I just love watching Old Westerns that are there. And before they would have like an important event at a town council meeting, sometimes they have a sign on the door telling them to check their guns at the door, all right? I think that's probably a good idea. If you're in a meeting that could get contentious, check the guns at the door, all right? Leave them there. Now, this morning, I'm going to ask you to do that. Before we ever begin the message today, I'm going to ask you to check the burdens of the present at the door, the burdens of the future at the door, and the burdens of the past at the door. Why? Because I believe God wants us to focus on one thing, and it's the thing that we're looking at in verse number 24. The Bible says, this is the day which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. I believe this morning that uh, by way of the message the Lord has sent and the burden he's given us in preaching it, that our Father wants us to focus on this day, this moment that God has given us to be in this room together in God's house, gathered around God's word amongst God's people. I believe that's what God would have us to focus on today. Uh, Dr. Miller, years ago, I, I called him and asked him about a, a question of a problem we had at our church years ago, and I said, Dr. Miller, we're starting the church, we're new, and I'm trying to make sure I don't set precedences that are bad for the future. I remember something he told me, I never forgot. He says, don't borrow trouble. Don't borrow trouble. Can I tell you, there's enough trouble going to happen tomorrow, you don't have to go borrow trouble, from to, or borrow trouble for tomorrow. We don't have to borrow trouble from our past. We don't have to even borrow trouble from our present. I believe our Father would have us to focus in on one thing today, and that is this day. The right here and the right now of this day and the reason for which our Father gave you breath this morning. Do you know you have a gift this morning that a lot of people did not get? Thousands of people around our globe did not get the privilege of waking up today, and yet God has given us this day. 
Now, in keeping in context, we look at verse number 24, we look at Psalms 118, it's obviously there's a messianic context here, and it's referring to the entrance and establishment of Christ, and where today we're looking forward to when the completed story of what Jesus has been doing since the dawn of time, we look forward to that. But I believe the principles of verse number 24 not only have, but should be applied to every day we live. That what verse 24 is talking about, the principles, there's three of them there, surprise, surprise. There's three principles there that I believe our Father would have us apply to every day. Now, I want you to think about this. I look forward to the day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. I really do. I may not be as ready as I want to be, but I look forward to that day. And the older I get, the more I understand why those old preachers said, even so come, Lord, quickly. They're looking forward to that. Now, can I tell you, as I'm looking forward to that day, it brings a greater burden that I understand God's responsibilities for this day. Because when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, can I tell you, we're done with our days. Now, I I know we're excited about that. Some of you are thinking right now, when Jesus comes back, you don't have to go to work. (laughs) Amen. That's a good one right there. You don't have to pay taxes anymore. You kids, when Jesus comes back, you don't have to go back to school. That's exciting, isn't it? And now they're saying, even so, Lord, come quickly. They're excited about it. No test tomorrow. Maybe he comes tomorrow. You don't have to take that test that you haven't studied for. We're looking forward to that. But can I tell you, that day that we're looking forward should make this day so much more important. That we redeem the time that God has given us. Now, this morning we're going to look at verse 24 and these principles that are here. And we're going to follow a pattern that is here about what we should do with this day. This day. Now, all of us have big days in our life. Some of you, uh, Brother AJ, if you notice the uh, balloon there on his shoulder, that's not a parrot. Uh, that's a balloon. Some of you have that good eyesight, wonder what that's there. Today's his birthday. Uh, Brother AJ's 27 again and looks good for 27. Uh, in ministry, you just quit counting because it gets depressing after a while because uh, ministry doubles your age with each year that comes along. Today's a big day for Brother AJ, and we have big days. But can I tell you, every day that God gives you is a big day. There are no throwaway days. You ever have what's called a lazy day? Every once in a while you need a lazy day, all right? Husbands, make sure your wives get a lazy day every once in a while. Wives, let your husbands have a lazy day. I know what you're thinking. Well, they're always, no, don't say that, all right? (laughs) Give them one every once in a while. Everybody needs a lazy day every once in a while, a day off. But can I tell you, when it comes to the will of God, every day that God gives you is a gift. And God wants us this morning to ask ourselves, hey, what did God give us this day for? What does God want me to do with the time that God has given me? And this morning we're going to look at an extremely simple thought. They're usually simple, but today's going to be very simple on this subject, thoughts about this day. This morning I want you to consider what God wants to do with you in this day that he's given us. Now look at the pattern in verse 24, if you will. The Bible says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. Now, we are literally going to break this verse down into three different sections this morning. And I want you to notice the first section. It says, this is the day. Now, he's trying to draw some significance, is he not? That this is the day, meaning this day has significance to God. Now, you're thinking, well, this is Sunday. And Sunday has significance to God. Can I tell you, each and every day that God gives you ought to have significance. Uh, Each and every breath that God gives you ought to have significance. Now, notice what he's reminding us in verse number 24. 
this day comes with something that we need to make sure we're reminded of. Number one, I want you to notice the distinction of this day. He doesn't say this is a day. He says this is the day. Now, believe it or not, today holds a special distinction that no day, past or future, has. You're thinking, well, what is it? This day has a special distinction. This day, the last Sunday in October 2023, has a special distinction that no day in the past or present will ever have outside of today. Do you know what it is? It's the distinction of the only day that you have right now. The Bible says this is the day. It's distinct because it's the only one that you've got. Now, I'm sure you have plans tomorrow. I have plans for tomorrow. I have a schedule of things I need to do tomorrow. Places I'm going to go tomorrow. But you know, I don't have tomorrow. I'm not promised tomorrow. There is no guarantee that Monday will ever get here. I definitely do not have yesterday. Yesterday is in the books. Whatever I did with the time that I had yesterday, it has been written down. Whether I redeemed the time for the cause of Christ or for the purpose of self, yesterday is gone. But notice the distinction of this day. This day is the one that God has given us, and it's one that we do have. Now, before this day is over, let me tell you something you're going to have. Before this day is over, you will have opportunities that are exclusive to this day. Before this day is over, you will have encounters with people that are exclusive just to this day. There are going to be people that you will see today, maybe passing in a restaurant, maybe in Walmart when you go to get your groceries. There are going to be people that you see today that you will never see again. This day is unique to the Lord. That's why you and I ought to give some thought to this day. To realize that in the eyes of God, this day will never be replicated. To realize that in the eyes of God, the opportunities, the experiences, and the encounters of this day are uniquely distinct to right now. That's why we as God's people shouldn't look at, well, you know, this is just another day. No, this is the day that the Word of God says. Here's what I'm afraid of today. I'm afraid we squander so many eternal opportunities, and we do it, watch this, one day at a time. One day at a time. We think about eternal opportunities, all right, well, I'm going to make sure that uh, I witness to my family, hey, that's good. I'm going to make sure that I go to church on Sunday, hey, that's good. But do you realize that each and every day that God gives us is a day unique with opportunities and experiences that God foreordained? Do you know that? And do you know that when we get on the other side, when we finally get to glory, that day that we are looking forward to, what will matter at that day is what we did with this day. That's why this day better be something you give some thought to. Think about it this morning, one day at a time. It's kind of like money. <clears throat> I remember as a kid, a $20 bill. Uh, I mean, when you're a kid, a $20 bill is huge. I mean, I guess a $20 bill is huge today, but it doesn't go as far as it used to, particularly about three years ago, right? Uh, inflation's eating all of that up. But I remember as a kid, mom and dad would give me a $20 bill for something. Maybe I'd get one for my birthday, and I would go to Toys R Us or Walmart, and <clears throat> I'd go to buy something. Every once in a while, I'd get 100 That's usually from my pawpaw. Uh, my papa used to keep $100 bills folded up behind the pictures of his grandchildren. Uh, and we'd go into gas stations on our way to vacation, and Papa would pull that $100 bill. Look, a $100 bill to a kid, my soul. Uh, I mean, you're a rich man. I mean, hey, look, there's uh, bags of crackers and chips on me for everybody in the van. I mean, $100 to buy all of that. And then you'd get where you were going to get to the hotel, and you'd pull out your money. And 
you put it up on the, the counter there in the, in the hotel room, and there's a $5 bill left. You're thinking, what happened? I was a rich man two hours ago. I was in a 7-Eleven, and I was buying Slurpees for everybody. Hey, you want some, some juicy fruit? Hey, you want some Bubblicious? Yeah, I don't mind splurging on anybody. And, and then you come back and you put your money up on the counter and, and, and there's just old Abe Lincoln looking at you. And Abe Lincoln's not near as pretty uh, as Franklin, right? What happened? It was one dollar at a time. One dollar at a time. That, that's how you lost what you had. Can I tell you time's the same way? Time's the same way. If you look at it as just another A day and don't see the distinction that this is the day, you're going to miss out on the opportunities and the encounters that God has foreordained in your life. That's why this day, you ought to give it some thought and let it have some distinction in your eyes. I think about David. Uh, David's one of my heroes. I look forward to meeting him when I get to heaven. David could have gotten up in the morning and thought, well, this is just another day being the grunt of the family. Dad says, take the brothers some food. Go take them some bread and some cheese to the battlefield. I mean, go for work. Go for work. I mean, not very glamorous, is it? Uh, I remember, boy, when I was a young guy on the construction site with my dad, and I'd get that go for work. You know, hey, go get us some more nails. Hey, would you go? Now, as I got older, I got a driver's license. license I didn't mind that windshield time, you know, because that meant I was off the sledgehammer for just a little while. That's how David could have looked at that day. David could have said, I'm just going to go to the battlefield and wait on my brothers. But when he got to the battlefield, he didn't overlook an opportunity that was there. He gets to the battlefield, and there's his brothers up there, and they're scared to death of the giant that's down there. And David begins noticing that there's someone down there cursing his God. And David says, is there not a cause? Do you know what he's basically saying? Hey, there's an opportunity there. I know he's big and he's scary and nobody wants to mess with him, but that's an opportunity right there for us to do something for our God. And can I tell you something? That day we go on to have distinction in the life of David. Can I tell you, the other guys that were up there on the hill, they would just be spectators of what David got to do. Why? Because David gave some thought to the opportunities that God placed in his way. I believe we're going to get to heaven one day. And it's going to blow our spiritual mind when we realize all the opportunities that God had placed in this day today. Last night I was on text chat with the nice people at Xfinity. And uh, we talk a lot. And I'm on there and I'm texting him. His name is Edgar. Edgar was a nice guy. Uh, and me and Edgar are talking about why the football game kept going... I mean, there's nothing more aggravating than that. Now, look, if you're talking to me on a cell phone and it starts to cut out, I'm hanging up on you. I'm just letting you know right off hand. I'm going to do that. I can't t t t What do you say? I don't know. I can't tell if something's wrong or everything's okay. And so I'm talking to Edgar there on Xfinity. And so we're typing. And he says, I'm so sorry this is happening. I said, that's no problem. He says, well, I sure appreciate you being kind about this. Not all of our customers are that kind. And I do this all the time because I talk to them all the time. I says, well... Somebody showed me kindness one time, and I think it's good to pay it forward. I said, do you know who that was? Edgar says, who? I says, Jesus. Edgar says to me, Edgar says, uh, I asked Edgar, I said, Edgar, can I ask you a question? He says, yes. I says, Edgar, are you a Christian? It took him a while to answer that one. I says, Edgar has hung up on me. 
Edgar didn't hang up on a few minutes. I am not a Christian, but I believe in all gods, and I support all gods that are out there. I said, well, let me tell you what the Bible says. John chapter 14, the Bible says that Jesus says, I am the way, not a way, but the way. Now, can I tell you, when I'm usually conversing with Xfinity, I'm not in a spiritual mood. Why? Because the ball game's cutting out, okay? I don't mind if it cuts out on Notre Dame, but I don't want it to cut out on a team that I'm watching, Amen. I don't want to watch, cut it out on something that I'm enjoying. I'm like, come on, people. But you know what? There was an opportunity there with my friend Edgar. Edgar didn't get saved, but he thanked me for telling him about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I just can't help but figure that when Edgar laid down last night, the Holy Spirit began to stir up in his heart that there's only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. Can I tell you? You think about what an insignificant phone call. No, that phone call was an opportunity. But if you're not aware of the opportunities in this day, maybe tomorrow you're looking forward to something. But can I ask you something? What about this day? What about the lady at Walmart that you're going to pay for your groceries in a little while? What about the young man at the gas station? What about the lady at Dollar General? What about the person sitting next to you? Could it be that you sat where you sat today and God had a will for you and even where you sat? Hey, that's why you ought to give some thought to this day. It's not just a random day that God's given us. It's a day of distinction. Think about Moses. Here's Moses walking on the backside of the desert with a bunch of sheep. I promise you there was not a big red X on Moses' calendar that day. This is the day I'm going to see a burning bush and God's going to speak to me out of the burning bush. I kind of figured, look, I'm not putting words in Moses' mouth, but I kind of figure Moses probably got up the way you're going to get up tomorrow. Monday. Monday. Got to get up, got to go to work, got to listen to the person in the cubicle next to me chew with their mouth open and get on my nerves, and, and you're dreading the day before you ever get there. Can I tell you what you ought to do? You ought to give some thought to this day. There's going to be distinction to this day. This is the day, not just a day. There was old Moses got up, and he's walking the sheep on the backside of the desert, and then all of a sudden, he found the distinction in that day. God wanted to speak to him. God had an opportunity for him. Can I tell you, I know this without a shadow of a doubt. What makes this day distinct is God wants to speak to you today, and God has opportunities for you today. A lot of times, we squawk and we cry, why not me? Why don't I get to do what they get to do? And why don't I have opportunities that they have? Can I tell you, you'd be amazed at how many opportunities you don't realize you have. Do you know why? Because you don't look at your day as a day of distinction. That, hey, it was just some random biological process that you woke up this morning. No, it was not. The mighty hand of God put breath in your lungs. The mighty hand of God. And his will keeps your heart going. My goodness, you ever, you ever just lay there in bed and, and feel your heart beating? And that ain't you. That's God's will. God didn't want you here, you'd be gone. That's why every day ought to be a day of distinction for you. I think about the Good Samaritan. Do you know why we talk about him? And we don't talk about the good priest or the good Levite? Because as he was walking by the way, he looked over and he saw a man laying there in the ditch. And he says, boy, there's opportunity. Hey, it was a day of distinction for him. Can I tell you, we miss every day. We miss the opportunities that are there, the encounters that are there. Look, there's an Edgar in your life today. You don't know who it is? His name, it probably won't be Edgar, okay? Uh, but it may be a Joe. 
It may be a Frank, it may be a Sally, it may be a June, I don't know who it is, but God's got opportunity for you today. God's got encounters for you today. That's why you ought to give some thought to this day. Don't look past this day. You don't have tomorrow. What a shame it is. We waste so much time thinking about the days that are gone. You can't change them. They are chiseled in the stone of time. But boy, you got this day. And I've got the, in just a few minutes, that's a relative term, but in just a few minutes, we'll have an invitation. You'll get to decide, what am I going to do with this day? God gave me an opportunity today. Hey, God let me get around his word today. God spoke to me through his spirit today. All right, what are you going to do with this day? That's why you ought to give some thought to that. Oftentimes, we look at people in the word of God who had great successes, and we think it happened instantaneously. No. Faithfulness is built over time. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31? Listen to this. Paul says, watch, here's one of the keys to his success. Paul says, I die daily. Paul didn't become Paul overnight. Each and every day, Paul was becoming more of who God wanted Paul to be. It was a daily process. If God wakes you up tomorrow, can I tell you what you ought to learn how to do? Die a little more. Hey, God gave me this day. I'm going to learn how to die. Boy, Bobby Robertson, who's in heaven now, never forget what he said. He said, if you're always getting your feelings hurt, it means you're not dead enough. You ever get your feelings hurt? Come on, let's be honest. Some of you need to be real honest. Get our feelings hurt. Man, that hurt my feelings. Man, that hurt me. All that means is we're not dead enough. So how do I become one of those Christians where those things don't bother me anymore? You need to start having days of distinction. That, hey, today I'm going to be like Paul. I'm going to die a little bit more today. And I'm going to die a little bit more tomorrow. And I'm going to die a little bit more the next day. Why? Because I don't want to miss out on the opportunities of what God's given me. It's a daily process. Luke chapter 9, what does the Bible say about cross carrying? The Bible says you take up your cross daily. Daily. If you want to become the Christian that God's called you to be, who carries his cross and does the will according to the word of God, it happens daily. Daily. If you're only living Sunday to Sunday or Sunday and Wednesday to Sunday, you're missing out on the opportunities of a Monday that's very distinct to God. A Tuesday that's very distinct to God. A Thursday, a Friday, and yes, even Saturday, game day. It's still distinct to God. Why? Because of the opportunities that God's given. Number one. Some thoughts you ought to give to this day is, number one, the distinction of this day. I believe oftentimes our battles are not lost in instances. That suddenly Satan overwhelms you with sin or the powers of darkness. I don't believe that's how we lose. Can I ask you, how did Samson lose? The Bible says it was a daily press. Samson, look, now when he had his hair cut... That was the official marker, okay? But Samson was dying a little bit every day that he played around with sin and Delilah. Can I tell you this morning, that's the way you're going to lose the heart of your children. That's the way you'll lose your marriage. That's the way we lose churches and we're losing our country one day at a time. It wasn't, today wasn't a big deal. Oh, it's okay, I'll just trash today. No, we're losing it one day at a time. We're slowly squandering what God has blessed us with in the United States of America. And we don't realize that it's one day at a time because these days are not days of distinction. To realize this is the day that God has given me. But then watch this. There's something beautiful right after verse 24. The Bible says this is the day, all right? It's a day of distinction. 
The Bible says, which the Lord hath made. Now you need to see right here in this second part why it should have distinction. I want you to notice number two, the design of this day. Number one, we see the distinction that this is the day, it's the only one we have. We don't have one in the past or the future. But it ought to have distinction, why? Because it's the day which the Lord hath made. Can I ask you this? If the Lord took time to create today, and through life has given you an opportunity in it, have you taken time yet? Look, it's 1156. Time is flying because we are having fun, right? If the Lord took the time, Amy, Brother Edwards, he's having fun. I appreciate that. If the Lord took the time to create this day and to allow you to be a part of it through the thing we called life, at 11.57 on Sunday morning, have you paused to wonder what designs God had for you in it? I saw something on the wall years ago when I was a kid. I think it was a gas station in Bassfield. had a picture of a little kid on it. And it says, I know I'm somebody because God doesn't make junk. Amen. All right, that's not necessarily in Scripture, but it's truth, okay? I know I'm somebody because God doesn't make junk. Can I tell you, when God designed this day and let you and I be a part of it, he had designs for you in it. And God didn't just make a throwaway day or a lazy day. God made this day and has designs and a will and a purpose for every one of us in it. But we miss out on what God has for us because this is not a day of distinction. You see how that works? This is just another A day. I was watching a documentary a while back and I love how the people on the documentaries get to fill in the blanks with whatever they want. Have you noticed that? We found this dinosaur, we dug it up over there in Peru and this dinosaur is 500 million years old. I mean... How do you know it's 500 million, not 400 million? I'm just curious about that. You know, uh, I think that they just haven't figured out. There's no way we can figure it out. And so they just put a name on that. But one of the things I found interesting was they dig up these artifacts. It'll be a rock with a chip in it that's tied to a stick. And they'll dig it up and they'll put it on display in the Louvre. This great artifact of sacrificial worship in the Mayan pyramids was found. And they're trying to pretend what that was designed for. I couldn't help but get tickled the other day thinking, you know what that looks like to me? It looks like a homemade back scratcher. You know they had rednecks back in the Mayan days too. And I think this guy probably found this sharp rock. And he thought, man, whew, if I could tie that to a stick and reach around back and scratch my back. And when he got done with it, he dropped it in the mud. And then it became this artifact and it's on display in the Louvre. Because they said this was designed for sacrificial worship. And somewhere up there in heaven, if he's there, that Mayan's looking down thinking, boy, they got it all wrong. That wasn't designed for that. That was my back scratcher, you know. There's some things it's hard for us to figure out what they were designed for. But you can definitely know what God has designed this day for. And what God has given you life for in this day. Let me read something to you in Revelation chapter 4. Bible says in verse 11, listen closely please. Well, this will change your life. I mean this. This will change your life. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now wait a minute. The Bible says in verse 24, which the Lord hath made, 
God created this day. He gave you life to be a part of this day. Give some thought to this day. Why? Because there's distinction in this day. But there's also a design in this day. What was the design in this day? Watch close. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things. Can I tell you what God's design was for you for this day? To bring him glory and to bring him honor. That is why we are here. That is why God let you be a part of today. It's so sad. I get phone calls. Every week I'll get a phone call of somebody that passed away. Uh, there was a veteran, an Iraq veteran uh, at our church in Louisiana. Got a call just a couple of days ago from Brother Trey. And Brother Trey says, I want you to know, Brother Chad passed away. I just saw Chad a few days ago. The last time I was up there visiting my grandmother-in-law uh, at her birthday, Chad was there. And now Chad, who I've witnessed too many times and says he was saved, Chad's in heaven. Chad did not get this day. Listen, we had the homegoing service for Brother Ron Ballard this week. Brother Ron Ballard did not get this day. But you got this day. And you ought to wonder what God had designed for you in this day. And you don't have to wonder very far. It's not like trying to figure out the back scratcher. You're like, what is this? What is it for? Can I tell you why you are here? Let me read it again. Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You are here to bring honor and glory to the Father. That's what ought to legislate in your heart every word that you speak. God, what is your designs for me this day? Well, it's simple. Make sure it brings me glory and make sure it brings me honor. Last night I was reading behind Martin Luther a little bit and read something quite amazing. I don't know if I've ever read on him before or read behind him. It's talking about prayer and how often we miss the purpose of prayer. Oh, my soul. You're talking about getting convicted. When we pray, what do we pray for? We pray that God would meet our needs and our Father does tell us. That we have not because we ask not. And when we lack, we ask him who gives to all men. Hey, God gives us what we need. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But that is not the purpose of prayer. In the Lord's Prayer that we call it, or the model prayer that we call it in Matthew 6, what does the Bible say? Listen close. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Do you know what the purpose of prayer is? That the Father would be glorified in the answer. That's what the purpose of prayer is. Miss Katie sang about it a moment ago. We go through trials and we, we go through trouble and we ask that God would deliver us from that. But what we should be praying is that God's will be done in our trouble. Because just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just like Daniel, it may bring the Father more glory and honor to let us go through what we're going through. You see, the goal is that God would be glorified. There are times in your life you're going to be humiliated for God to be glorified. But hey, that's the goal. That's why we're here. That's why, watch this, the Lord hath made this day. That you and I would glorify him in the life that he's given us. That you and I would honor God in the words that we say. Now I know this is a tall, tall order. Can I tell you this would change your home this morning? Hands down, hands down, change your home. You walk out of here today and your home is on the way to being changed. When you realize, you know what? God's designed for this day. The day that the Lord hath made. All things were created for his pleasure. And all things that were created to bring him glory and honor. Watch this. And how you build your home. If the goal is to bring God glory and honor, I promise you, you'll have a home that will do just that. Say, all right, how I treat my wife 
and how I treat my husband and how we treat our children. Can I tell you, it's going to bring honor and glory to God. That's what our goal is going to be in this. We go through good times or bad times. There's one goal. It's not just to get through it. The goal is to bring honor and glory to God. That's how we're going to handle that. And I'm going to tell you something. When you get to that place, it'll change your relationship with the people that maybe you don't like most. You got that coworker in your job. Look, I don't know who the coworker is, but everybody's got one, right? Our staff has one. They're looking at him right now. They're looking at his ball spot right now. Amen. Amen. Brother Zach, smart enough not to amen on that one. It's be honest. You can't be up here without being honest, all right? Be honest. You're going to quench the spirit and the message will be over, okay? You got that coworker, or maybe you got a neighbor, whatever it is, and oh my goodness, it just brings tension in your heart and grief in your heart. You say, well, how am I going to handle this? In a way that brings honor and glory to God, that's God's design. You say, well, what if it's hard? Well, that's still God's design. This is the day. There's the distinction of the day. This is the only one you got. What's God's design? Well, to bring honor and glory to him. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. This is a good verse for all good Baptists. The Bible says, whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Figure out a way. Me and Brother Buddy joke a lot about the chitlins he likes. I don't know how you can bring glory to God eating chitlins. The Bible says, whatsoever you eat, there's got to be a way you can do it, right? You see, that's why we're here. God's design for you tomorrow at your job is not just to make a living. God's design is for you to glorify him. The question we ought to be asking is, all right, God gave me this day. He created it. What's his design in that? Number two, we see the design which the Lord hath made. And then watch this, and we're done. I want you to notice after realizing this day has distinction and this day has a design, notice there's a response to it. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. See, knowing what you know now, knowing that this is the day, not a day. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have yesterday. This is the day. It's a day of distinction. It's the only one you got. And God has designs in it. What's God's design? That he be honored and glorified in it. All right? So it's got distinction and design. Now, here's the question. What are you going to do with it? The Bible says in verse 24, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know what that is? That's the third thing that you ought to give some thought to this day. It's the decision of this day. The decision of this day. Watch this. The Bible says, we will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, the question is, what are you going to do with this day? What are you going to do with it? This day is exclusive. It's got significance. It's the only one you got. It's the only one you've got. But also, there's a design in it. God has a plan for you in this day. And that no matter what comes your way, that you honor and glorify God in it. That's God's design. You say, well, well that's what I want to happen. Well, that's good that you want that. There's a lot of things I want to happen never happen. Do you know why? Because I never decide. Watch this, that I will. Notice these words, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know what you will end up doing with this day is all a matter of your will. Saying, here's what I'm going to do with it. This is the day, it's a day of distinction, which the Lord hath made, it has designed. All right, so knowing that, what are you going to do with it? 
Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home today, and I'm going to eat lunch, and I'm going to get on the couch, and I'm going to go to sleep, and I'm going to sleep until work tomorrow, okay, as long as that's what honors and glorifies God. But you're going to do what you will, right? I do what I will all the time. We sit down, and we're making the schedule out for the year and trying to decide, all right, Thanksgiving, we're going to move that up to Tuesday night, and Christmas services, Christmas Eve, and all this. And every time somebody always says this in the staff meeting, the people that are going to come are going to come. No matter when you have it, no matter what day you have it on or what time, the people that are going to come are going to come. That's the truth. That's the truth. You know what you're going to do? The same thing I'm going to do. What I will. I find out this is a day of distinction. It's a day of design. So now it's a day of decision. What will we do? This says we will rejoice and be glad in it. Now let me end on a sad note. I know that's not good, but that's what the Lord says. We're going to go with that, okay? God has great designs for this day. Great designs. There may be somebody lost in this room right now, and you're not sure that if you died, you're going to heaven. The Bible says it's not God's will that you perish, but all should come to repentance. It's God's will you be saved. That's God's will for you. And oh, could this be a day of distinction for you, that you come to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. How wonderful would that be? What a day of distinction, that that's God's design for you, and he's already begun to tug at your heart, and you know you're not saved, and you know you need to trust Christ, you know what to do, you're just not willing yet. Well, it's all based on what you will. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, it's a decision. Maybe you're saved today, and maybe there's something you need to get right, something you need to start doing, or something you need to stop doing. I don't know what it is, and thank God I don't want to know what it is, okay? I'm so thankful I'm not a priest. I don't know how they sleep at night. Knowing what kind of booger monsters are walking around them, you know. They know everything that's gone bad. I don't want to know. I don't need to know. But you know. And God's made it clear. And God has said, hey, this is what you need to do. Here's the question. That's what God's designed for you today. The question is, is that what you will decide to do today? Here's what's sad. God designed so many magnificent things for us. Heaven, obviously. And heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ, that's God's design. Not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's design. But do you know what will veto God's design quicker than anything? Your decision. Your decision. You can say, I know this is the day. Today is the day of salvation. I know that's God's design, but I decide, no, I'm not going to get saved today. How sad. You know the children of Israel missed out on what God designed because of their decision. Now, this morning you say, well, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven, so I, I don't have to worry about that. I wonder what God has designed for you today. You know, there's got to be something that God has spoken to your heart about. I know oftentimes we walk in those doors, and I understand. Listen, I get it. I've been there. We walk in those doors, and we have no designs in our heart that we're going to be changed. We're coming to listen, and we're coming to leave and walk out those doors. We've already made up our mind, not going to an altar, not going to pray. We've already made up our mind, I'm going to do it later. You don't have later. But you do have this day. You got this day. Can I get you to give some thought to this day? It's a day of distinction. It's the only one you have. It's a day of design because God made it. And your decision today, you ought to ask this, when you're debating in your heart, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, here's the decision. What's going to honor and glorify God? Getting right will honor and glorify God. Hey, getting saved will honor and glorify God. But the decision will ultimately boil down to you. Folks, we don't have yesterday. 
We don't have tomorrow. But thanks be to God for whatever his design, he's given you this day. He's given you this one. You've got this one. You've got it. And maybe whatever you're planning on doing, according to the will of God, maybe tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday night prayer meeting, less people here, maybe then you don't have those, but you've got this day. Why don't you give some thought to this day? It's the day that God designed for you to glorify him. And now you've got to decide that, yes, we will. We will. Are you willing this morning? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Can I ask you today, number one, are you sure that heaven's your home? If you died right now, are you 100% certain that you're going to heaven? Are you sure? Do you know that your name's been written down, that God's your father? Has there been a place in time in your life where you called out to him to apply that precious, sinless blood to your sin debt so that you could be saved? If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, can I tell you, this is the day. It's the day of salvation for you. You ought to get saved today. Maybe today you know that you're saved, but boy, there is something that God has designed for you in this day. You know what God's will is. There's something that God is leading you to do that's going to bring honor and glory to Him. It may not bring honor and glory to you, but it'll bring honor and glory to Him, and that's all that really matters. Can I ask you a question? Will you? Will you? Take some thought in this day. God, we will rejoice. I will be right. I will do your will. It's all a matter of decision today. And boy, he invites us today to be exactly where he's calling us to be. Father, I do thank you for your word, and I thank you for giving me life. Lord, I don't deserve to be woke up this morning. Father, so often in our life, we miss out, as I miss out, on the opportunities that are right there in front of me because I look at it as a day, not the day, that, Father, you woke me up for a reason. Uh, Lord, you gave us this wonderful, beautiful day. You've given us life and health. We're able to even come to church today, which so many people are not able to do. Father, can I, I, I pray today that you'd help us to see that your designs on this day will far exceed our designs not to if we're just willing to make the decision. I will. I will. Lord, help us to be about your will today, whatever it may be, for lost to be saved or saved to be changed. And I pray your will would be done, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. With our heads bowed this morning and our eyes closed, just for a few minutes. Some thoughts on this day. When we get to heaven, what will be written beside this day? What did you do on this day? What did we do? What was God's designs that we said, I will, I will? He made it, He gave it for a reason. What are you going to do with it? Why don't you say, I will? I will. How wonderful as a church if it be that we would say, we will. We will. God, thank you for the day. We don't have another one tomorrow. We don't know that. We may not have another week, but we've got this one. Lord, I, I pray you're glorified in what I do on this day. Passing moment, strength I find. Bible tells us that God my keeps track and knows every idle word. Trusting in my Father's Certainly, wise He's keeping track of our days. 
What is it this morning that he wants you to say, I will? All right. If it's a day of distinction, and God, you have designs, then I will. I will. Gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure. Mingling toil with peace and rest. Every day the Lord himself is You may not know the specifics of what God is wanting you to do today, but I can assure you they're to bring honor and glory to him. That's his design. All my cares he fain would bear and cheer me. He whose name is counselor and power. The protection of his chosen treasure is a charge that at himself he lay. As your days, your strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me he made. Amen. I'm not denying anybody a day off, okay? Don't go home thinking that. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is even on our days off, we ought to give some thought to this day. God, what is it? What is it? You woke me up for some reason today. What was it? All throughout Scripture, we see so many people's lives were changed because they just kept their eyes open for what God had for them on this day. And I'm thankful that God includes us in that. You ever feel humbled by the fact that God lets you wake up? My goodness. And God lets us be a part of that again? Boy, he, he could have just let us go on to heaven in our sleep, but he woke us up, wants us to be a part of that, and I'm thankful for that today. A couple of quick announcements you need to hear, okay? You need to hear. This is fifth Sunday, all right? So this afternoon around 2 o'clock, we're going to gather back in this room, and uh, service will kick off at 2.15 promptly, correct? Promptly. And, uh, and then there's going to be no 5 o'clock service, okay? No 5 o'clock service. So 2 o'clock this afternoon, go get you some lunch, come back. At 2.15, they're going to kick off the afternoon service. Have extra singing today, yeah? No, kind of, sort of, yeah? It's going to keep it a surprise, all right? You see, I insult him from the pulpit. He doesn't talk to me, all right? And you get that right, Brother Zach. 2.15, uh, we'll kick off the service. No 5 o'clock service. And then also, if you were at the Fall Fest, you saw that our seniors had their bake sale table all made up out there. It was beautiful. I mean, wonderful, wonderful. We're not talking about like Chips Ahoy. We're talking about real deal desserts that folks uh, baked and donated. Wonderful, wonderful thing. There's a lot of that left over, uh, and we don't want it to go to waste. And so after the 2 o'clock service in the fellowship hall, uh, they're going to have all of that set up, and it goes toward the senior fundraiser. Uh, if you'd like to go back there and get you, there was cheesecake, what all was over there? Cheesecake, brownies, muffins, vanilla too, all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff in there, uh, and I think they're just going to have a little donation jar, and so right after the 2 o'clock service, if you want some good fall-baked goods, they're individually wrapped, and they are delicious, I vouch for all of the chefs in our church, I promise you, you would enjoy that, and so somebody will be back there, if you have a question, see Brother Micah, and he'll fill you in, amen? Also, heaven, watch this, another reason to come back this afternoon, a guest preacher, amen? All right, let's Zach, dismiss us. <laughs> More about Jesus, sing it now. More, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me.